From long COVID to Busselton Ironman, I am Bo Jones, your host, and today's episode is the Noosa recap that absolutely nobody asked for, nobody wants, etc., etc. This is done purely because if it wasn't for other people doing recaps, race reviews, you know, word of mouth recommendation about Noosa, I myself would never have gone. So in the hope that somebody's listening, somebody's watching, will take this in and start to ponder, I wonder if I could do it or maybe I should go and give it a nudge. This is why I have hit record on both devices. Now, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, we hope you're enjoying it. We're getting very close to the pointy end of this whole concept of from long COVID to Basel to Nine. I mean, as I've said twice already, now we are getting close to Basel to Nine. Man, the nerves are real, and as a part of that, I went back and listened to episode number one on my drive up to Noosa, and it was uh, it was cool. It was exciting. It was, it was, I definitely had, you know, you could hear it in my voice that I wasn't a hundred percent well. And it was reassuring that I've moved a long way away from that. I, um, you know, it, it, it was really nice to, to listen back to, you know, to hear that vulnerability in my voice and to know that that vulnerability is, you know, the vulnerability still 100% exists within me, but I now have control of that vulnerability. I've, I've taken action I'm moving towards my goal weight, my goal time, and just my goals in general. So it was a really nice look back and um, bit of a bit of a reflection as I was heading up to Noosa for this event. Now, Noosa Triathlon is an absolutely behemoth of an event. I um, you know, it's a music festival. Tim Reed explained it as a triathlon therapy, as as you know, the Woodstock of events. It it really is as it's just a whole weekend of events and activities and noise and just happy people and it is really it's overwhelming to see how many people get around it and the, the you know the support up there on course off course and for the whole weekend itself is is really next level and I can't recommend it enough to to anybody there's a reason why the prices for entry are so high and there's also a reason why they sell out every year it's one of those you get your bang for your buck it's I don't know it's really hard to explain uh, to somebody who hasn't been before if you've done doing the you know, no disrespect. I absolutely love the elite energy events, but they're much smaller events, and you know they're also kind of held in towns where I don't know. It's a bit of a love hate relationship with it. Whereas Noosa feels like the whole town embraces the fact that we're there for the weekend. The lot, you know, the locals around the course are happy to see you, and it's just a different vibe. It's a it especially comes at a time of year where you're coming out of winter, and you know you're in a bit of a grind at work and. Christmas is still just a little bit far away and it's just a really nice pep in your step to get you to get you through the rest of the year so uh, I, I yeah I can't recommend it highly enough and if you're listening and you're an athlete and you want to race and you want to go fast and you want an empty course I you know this this isn't the event for you but if you want to go and find out what at the core triathlon's all about this is amazing there's so many people it's uh yeah, it's 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 massive, and they they do it well. They do it so good, and there's so many moving parts going on. There's so many different elements that you can do. You can do the relay team. So um, yeah, definitely if you if you're triathlon inclined, go and have a go and have a nudge and get around it. Now it is one of those events. It's hard for Bodlet to do because I I do wear numerous hats. I am the uh, one of the founders of All Sorts Rec Club. Uh, we ride and run Tuesday Thursday, swim on Tuesday nights, and on the weekend. So. I wear my hat for that. We take a large crew up and the crew that we take up, we take up with the Kids Foundation charity entry. I did my first charity entry for the Kids Foundation over five years ago. I did it without knowing who who or what the Kids Foundation were um, just to legitimately get myself an entry to Noosa Tri. I didn't know what it was all about. And then we get up there and 
you know, you, you start to find out they uh, work with severely injured and burnt children and take them to camps, but they also do amazing learning programs and educational programs to prevent kids from hurting themselves and, you know, to, to teach kids how to play safely whilst immersing them in risk, which is um, just from a childcare educated back point of view, that's just absolutely amazing. It's underutilized by parent. Like it is just, the, I can't speak highly enough of the kids foundation compared to a lot of the other charities up there. They do great work, but Kids Foundation runs on a shoestring budget and in regard to the output they put back into the community and into these kids, it is, you know, it's inspirational to sit there and as much as the the event itself is a very individual event, it's a it's so nice to know that you're giving back through your fundraising and, you know, just through supporting and getting brand awareness out there. So, yeah, if you're going to do it, look at the charity heroes element of the entry at Noosa and get up there and fill your cup while filling someone else's. It's, it definitely feels good. But... Let's rip into the action. Now, on the drive up, there was as one of those cool things of the, you know, results are just what happens along the way. And there's definitely a lot of eyes on, for myself, on Bustleton and Noosa was just like a little bit of an entree. And there was, I had, you know, it didn't matter what happened at Noosa or Busso's the, the end result. And as much as I say that, said that out loud and I was thinking that, it, that's not the case. When you get up there and you rack your bike, you're thinking about performance, you're thinking about numbers, all the things you're told not to think about. You, you just rattle through your head. If I do this time on the swim and this time on the run and this time on the ride, it should be it should be this. And for the last month, racing's easy, training's hard. For the last month, I've been really trying my best to be diligent with the training program with, with Clint um, Rollins at RPG. And compared to last year, last year I was coming off the back of six weeks in America drinking, eating, um, not training at all. Like I, I didn't ride my bike. I think I rode my bike twice before Noosa last year within the eight weeks leading up to it. So this year there was a lot of pressure, the performance pressure this year because I had the opposite. I had a month, most days were two a days. Like I was, my training volume literally times five of what it has ever been before. And it was one of those things where it's like if I went out to race and I, you know, didn't have a great race, if I, something went wrong or I cramped or something and the numbers weren't the same, it would have made the last month feel totally useless. So useless. So there was anxiety around, you know, what if I go worse than I've ever been before? What if, you know, the program doesn't work or what if, you know, I, you know, there's so many, what if I get a flat, I'm using tubulars for the first time. What if I get a flat and the whole day's derailed because of a flat tire? So the, the head noise was real. I wasn't, I wasn't comforted or calmed by the amount of work I'd done. It actually increased those pre-race nerves and, you know, it was I was expecting it was I was expecting a message from Clint or the race the race briefing from Clint to be a couple of days before the event. Hey mate, you know, work to your heart rate, here are your numbers, go easy through the swim, go easy through the, the ride, and then, you know, see what's in the tank for the run and, and and go hard. And, you know, that's probably the first mistake I made was trying to preempt what you know, your coach is gonna tell you and he, he he kind of flipped it on its head and said, Mate, go as hard as you can for the swim, go as hard as you can for the ride work your way to for the first two Ks of that run, work your way into it and then see what's left in the tank. And it really come as a shock. It wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting, like I said earlier, I was expecting a nice calm roll in and then attack the run. And to know that I had, you know, I was under, I was told to go hard, go early. I, I Yeah. Even that brings its own pressure. I was like, right. I've never done that before. I'm usually pretty conservative when I race. Let's, um, let's go hard. And I was excited to see what was the result. Like I said, the volume's gone up and moving into the race, swim, attack the swim. Every time I, I had some, it would look rough from the shore. I had clean water. I'd made sure I had clean water. I swam probably way wider than I needed to, but that's always something that I do just to make sure 
I'm useless at siding, so I'll kind of get a little bit wide and then keep everyone on my left so I can keep an eye on them and hope they're siding. And kept my form, made sure I was full reach on my swim, made sure I was touching my thigh with my thumb and just kept my rhythm and kept, made sure that every pull from the top to the bottom was, was, a, was you know, a full stroke. I wasn't, wasn't shortening anything up. I was keeping my form strong. Got out of the water and nearly, you know, nearly fell over when I saw my time. It was four minutes quicker than I went last year and put a massive grin on my face. So all of that performance anxiety was kind of falling away. I'm like, it's working, like whatever the last month has been, full credit to Clint, whatever whatever he's telling me to do and whatever, you know, it's been worth it. The early alarm, the swimming in the Bronte pool, everything's been worth it. So I ran, literally ran up and over the beach into transition onto the bike, ripped through transition. Being an Olympic, it's kind of cool. I don't wear socks. So my, my shoes were rubber banded to my bike. I just got my bike and got out of there as quick as I could. Um, ran 100 meters down the track, past the mounting line just to get away from the amount of people the volume of people on the on the course during this race is next level there are speed bumps everywhere so just try to get some um space to jump on the bike didn't even worry about velcroing my shoes on until oh, i think i was almost out of noosa before i even reached down i just pushed got my feet in and just pushed my way through town and i looked down and i was sitting on 40 41 k's an hour moving out of town and just like i said grinning the bike was rolling well it didn't feel like i was redlining i was kind of calmly I was pushing, but it was calmly and managing to kind of get in a, not a good pack, but a pack that was similar to the same pace and we were able to overtake pretty safely moving through the, the slower athletes that started earlier. Out, up Garmin Hill, same thing. The roadie kind of come into its own there. It was I was able to sit up comfortably, stayed in the big ring, which is something I've never been able to do up that hill, up the big ring. Um, yeah, kind of had a few people overtake, but you kind of get confidence out to overtaking other people. So I was kind of going around a few get out onto the flat out in the farms, same thing, sort of crank it back up to pace and get up above 35 and, and kind of cruise, let the tubular wheels do their work. And myself and another bloke were kind of taking turns, cat and mousing and just overtaking and he'd kind of lose me on the hill and I'd gab him on the downhill back into town. The wind did whip up, so my, um, not that I had this in my head, like I didn't know my numbers in my head, I didn't know what segments were, I didn't know what was going on, this is all just looking at Strava. Now I was slower than last year, coming back into town and that's a because of the headwind and b last year i drafted hard there was an old bloke went past me hammering and i sat on his tail and got towed the whole way back into town so i'm not surprised that i wasn't quicker this year in a transition i probably tell you that that second transition was slower i can't remember what i forgot i had to run back and grab something i can't remember what i forgot but i had to double back to my tower which i wasn't stoked about but that added a bit of time out onto the run now this is where head noise gets really noisy and it's not just for me this head noise hits everyone when you hit that run league, it's like running in a sauna. Now, we're on course early compared to some of the other age group athletes in the Clydesdales, and the things that were starting to go through my head are the usual, you know, running things that, uh, you know, why? You start wondering why. Like, you know, this is so hot. How am I ever going to get through? Like, you know, am I going to cramp if I push harder? Like, what should I do here? And, you know, I, I just, are my shoes comfortable? You start thinking the worst things, and, you know, I did kind of get a little bit negative, and, I kind of the one thing that kind of kept me accountable or kept me moving was no at training we do you know we either do one k splits or we do two k splits and then we have a break and that's what I really worked to I realized that the aid stations were two k's apart so I was like okay well instead of rather than just attacking the run and just doing ten k straight you know take the run swim advice the run walk advice that you're given for the marathon and you know do that if that's what you need to do to keep the load from your feet and keep yourself in a positive mind frame or a neutral uh, Clint speaks about staying neutral on the run leg do that so that kind of settled me back down and 
Uh, I calmed down and every aid station went through, splash with water, bit of hydrolyte, another splash with water, another mouthful of water, and out the out the gate start running again. And it, for some reason it felt felt really slow, like it just didn't it kind of clicks in the gear. Well, at that stage of the day, you're starting to get caught by a few of the age groupers. So you've got people mowing past you, they're like three minute, 30 pace, and it does make you feel like you're running in mud compared to those guys. The highlight of the whole thing was the whole lot of whole, whole lot of whole of Noosa was having my family there. I've never taken them up to Noosa before. This was the first year Ali and Duke were there. Now, rather than them trying to get into the um, you know, the blender that is town and trying to get to the finish line where you just can't even get close because of the volume of people, we just we'll stay at the RACV Resort. Absolutely amazing. Highly recommend it. Go stay there. You know, it's worth every dollar. It is amazing. That's on the turnaround point of the run course. And they were just inside the turnaround point, so. Yeah, they were at the 4.5K mark and it lit me up. It was the best thing ever seen Ali and Duke out in the course and supporting. And they were having a ball. They were just down from the DJ. That DJ, I'm, I'm yet to hear anybody say they played a bad song. That was the hype you need at the 5K point. So turned around, spotted them again, gave them a big thumbs up and a big wave. And I was in the hurt locker because I knew uh, Jamie, our run captain, was coming to, it was me versus him kind of thing to see who's better, the cycling club or the run club. And I know he can run and he gave me a spray. He probably had he was probably a K behind me and he gave me a spray saying, I'm coming, I'm coming. Made me really nervous because he looked good. He looked good and he sounded good. And I'm like, oh, I thought I had him for all money. Like I thought the time that I put in, I PB'd the bike by two, three minutes, PB'd my swim by four minutes. I'm like, that's six minutes ahead of I got a six minute head start on what I thought he could do onto the run. So I'm like, that buys me some time. And then when I spotted him with a K behind me, I'm like, uh, you know, I was in that headspace where I couldn't even do the math on what he needed to run to, to run me down, but I thought he was behind me at all times. So I did. I, I kicked. I kind of picked myself back up. I was like, "Yeah, again, get to every aid station. Get it. Don't don't linger at the aid stations. Get in, get out, and keep moving." Like, you know. And I start started playing over my head. What if he catches? What if he catches? What if he catches? Like that's going to be the worst result. And you know, I kind of had to push that thought process out of my head, which was cool to know. This is where you get that mental strength. This is why these events are cool. When you get the mental strength to tell yourself. Stop thinking that. Start thinking this. It's empowering. It's the reason why it's so valuable for you know life. And once you get these endurance events, well, not even endurance events, once you start running, once you start telling your head what to think and when to think, you can start applying it to other areas of your life. So in that little exchange, I took some really good takeaways out of, no, no, don't don't think this, think that. Think that, you know, stop thinking that, think this. And it did. It, it felt good. So I managed to, a few of the other guys from your sorts court went around me and what was cool. We gave each other a bit of a kudos and, the last, went through the last aid station. Once I got to about 1.5, 1K, you can hear the town heaving. You can hear Pete Murray's voice. You can, I'm not sure who the other commentator was, but it's such a good feeling. There's music playing. The people are probably five deep for the last 500 meters on either side of the road. You convince yourself that they're all there for you. And it is the best feeling in the world. My run splits went through the roof. I finished off strong and it is electric. All the previous thoughts that you had for 7Ks, 8Ks of running about why you're doing it and it's so hot, you know, you literally evaporates. It just dissolves. You just get so happy to be there. You're running through the triathlon clubs. You run through the charity tents. You run through that same support that saw you out of town and now welcome you back into town. There's just eruptions of noise from people spotting other people there supporting. You're overtaking people. Like you've got people overtaking you. It's just this real culmination of excitement. So... I get through the, I get to the finish. There's a hundred meters to go, and there's no one in front of me. It's like I just found a space in front of me. Pete Murray, friend of the show, friend of Bodlet, spots me a while out. Put my arms out like a big plane about to land. Get through the finish line. Fist bump, Pete. Look up at the time. Look down at my time to see 
what yeah what the difference is like what my time was it's a nine minute pb it's the quickest race of quickest olympic distance race i've i've ever done and just the sheer relief of you know nailing a race where for the last month like i said i've been putting i've never been up at 4am i've been doing 4am starts just to get the volume done i've uh, you know everything up to that point just made sense and I literally just the biggest sigh of relief was like it's working like everything's working you're doing the work you're getting the results and then another couple athletes come through that i knew i'm like hey boys where's jamie like, and they're like, oh he's miles back so even that i kind of i was like a sigh of relief knowing that i'd i'd got the got the win over jamie which you know it wasn't a massive it was a massive goal it wasn't you know it was it was nice to have that result and then waiting for him to come across the, the finish line to see how his race went Another one, I think his name was Alex from the Vipers Club at Manly. If you're listening and you're from the Vipers Club, reach out, let me know. I think it's Alex. I met him the day before, and this is why these events are so special. Like You know I'm a massive ambassador. I love promoting and ambassadoring for all these events. He got through the finish line and spotted me and just was come over and gave me the biggest hug and started crying. And I'm like, I thought he'd hurt himself. I was like, mate, what's going on? Are you okay? Like, are you okay? And he's like, how great was that? They were tears of happiness. He's just hugging it out with me. And I was like, this is special. This is what Noosa does. This is what events do. They pr- provide this location for just people to prove themselves wrong. And to be able to share that moment with that guy was just immensely rewarding for no other re- – like, it was unexpected reward. I was like, this is so cool that, you know, you talk about blokes with emotions and feelings that can't showcase them. This guy's crying in public to a bloke he only met the other day and feeling so good about it. Uh, there's not a problem with blokes not sharing and being vulnerable. It's just, you know, we just don't, we're not putting ourselves in those environment where we can do it. Like it was such a really cool moment that, you know, to have that. And then he's like, you know, sweet bro. And I was like, yep, catch at the surf club. He went and did his recovery, you know, and then I caught up with him later for a beer and that was really cool. And then, yeah, the endorphins to have so many people in one place just buzzing and that buzz stuck around for three or four hours and had the presentation with the kids foundation. Crowy come down, um, gave out the awards. You get, get to speak to people that it's their first race and they're already talking about the next one. And, you know, oh, next year I'll do this, next year I'll do that. It is so addictive, so addictive. I, I sat and looked at my numbers, reassured me that, you know, all this has been worth it and all this is going to be worth it. And, you know, Busso is going to be, going to be amazing. And, you know, rode that high for the whole afternoon was able to take Ali to the surf club and, and share with her the, you know, the celebrations that, w- that went on afterwards. And it was, it was unreal. And like I said, it was up here. I reckon we're into the longest episode ever territory. You beauty. Now, once that there was legitimately, we had 20, we had 48 hours of family holiday left. We're up at Noosa. We had uh, another night at Noosa and a night at Gold Coast. We're taking Juki to wet and wild. And I did my best to, you know, not think about training or have a look at training peaks to see what was coming. I just want to spend some time with the family. But uh, the the come down was real. The minute we uh, the minute we got to Wet and Wild, and even after Wet and Wild, I'm sitting there at a friend's house and you know having a barbecue and having a couple of beers, and I'm like, this is uh, this is great. It's important that I do this, and it's you know I have to do this with my wife and son. We're on holidays. I haven't seen these friends in over three years, and. It felt nice, but the back man's like, Busso, you've got Busso. You should be you should be swimming or you should you know, go get a massage. What can you do for Busso? So I struggled with that. And then the next day I had to drive home. So I had a nine-hour drive home on my own uh, listening to podcasts about mental health, listening to podcasts about triathlons. And 
I managed to build myself up to this huge state of anxiety and this massive post event come down. I was up here and I knew what was happening thanks to the mental health work Bodlet do. I knew I was on the on this hard come down. And I wrote it out. I was like, sweet, let's uh let's see what what's making you nervous, what pops into head, what's giving you the most anxiety, what's giving you the most stress. And you know, usually it's it's um yeah, I'm not sure. Usually it's running or riding or I haven't done this, haven't done that. But the, the program that I'm on with, this is the values of having a coach is that I knew I was okay. I knew that I had a plan of attack and I knew for the next month there was things that were going to be in the calendar that were going to help me, you know, mitigate what's going to happen at Bustleton. So it was an interesting come down and that usually it's, you get nervous before an event about the, vo- you know, I have to do a 4K swim, 180K ride and then a, a marathon. I wasn't phased about that. I really wasn't like I trust in Clint. I trust in RPG. I trust in the in the process. Thanks to the result at Noosa, I trust in what's happening. I trust in my ability now to get up and do the training. But just the anxiety surrounding flying to Perth and you know financially, the financial one's a huge one. I always jump on the financial one. I think I'm like every other human where you know even if I had you know a million dollars in the bank account, I'd still be as anxious about money or stressed about money as I, as you are with zero in the bank account. So. Yeah, I, I did. I get. I got really busy in the head yesterday, and and I, I was, I was, uh, smile. I kind of smile nervously, smiling because I know that you need to ride that lightning. I know when anxiety, you have anxiety, or when you have this this noisy head, that there's a reason. There's there's obviously a reason that that's happening, and I think you need to ride that out because you know change is coming, or you know it gives you an opportunity to. I knew that when I got home, I kind of rang Ali and didn't tell, like, this is that saying, I didn't ring her and tell her, hey, I got head noise. I just wanted to hear a familiar voice and, okay, yep, I want to get home. I'm going to do this. And then even this morning, woke up, forced myself to go ride with the all sorts. And the first thing I did, Ali, Ali asked me if it was okay when I walked back in because I was a bit quiet. I, and here's the here's the tip, here's the hot tip for this episode. I know, I'm, I know I've run long. I couldn't move any of that out of my head until I had a pen and paper. And as soon as I sat down with a pen and paper and wrote down what I needed to do, similar to the way the training plan, training plan mitigates my performance anxiety, I need to write down what's on my to-do list. I've got two, I've got the, today's my bottle it day to do this podcast. I know this podcast is five days late because I had a holiday. I will push out another one on Sunday. I've got to do the podcast. I've got to uh, return emails. I've got to check the status update on the fractal hats. I've got to go pick up the budgie smugglers. I've got so many things to do for bottle it. Write them all down. And then work out in priority form if I do it in the AM or the PM or what order of attack or how can I multitask to do a few things at once and was able to move half of that stress to what needed to be done for Bodlet and get on top of it really early, get on top of it before 9 AM. Second half was personal. Okay, well, what do you need to do for your planning for the next month with Ali to make sure that that's okay? And what do you need to do financial planning to make sure that you're not stressed about the money over and but you know, all these different things. And the minute... I sat and physically put them on paper. No word of a lie, it moves it from your head to that paper. That it's now that paper's problem, and you know you can work your way out of it with a pen and paper. So, like I said, if you've ever got stuff going on in your head, it's write it out, write it out, move it physically from your head to a piece of paper. Plan your way through anxiety strategies, not anxieties. We 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 absolutely love that here. Now we go again. We start again. It. it it's you know that was the entree. We got the main coming up. Time to fire back up. I know the next uh, the next three weeks of training are going to be absolutely immense. I've already had a peek at the next two weeks, and you know there are things. I'll come back to those first couple of episodes. One of the first couple of episodes was control the controllables. 
at this stage, what's really hard to control is the TT bike road bike conundrum. I have a road bike. It's a fast road bike. There's nothing wrong with that road bike. Is it a TT? No. Do I have a TT? No. Is it financially viable to, to go and buy a frame and move that on there? No. That's not the situation at the moment. That might change in the next couple of weeks. That might change, and I haven't given up hope on that changing. However, I can't control that. And, it, it, you know, there's a few things I can control that I'll be working towards, but I can't lose time. I can't lose training time waiting for a TT bike. I can't can't wait, miss out on opportunities with work or with different different things because I'm waiting for, a, you know, something to happen. So I'm after it. We go after it on the roadie. I just deal with it on the roadie. And if I have to do bus on the roadie, I'll do bus on the roadie. I'm not too mad about that. It'd be fairly comfortable. I don't know if there's enough time to get comfortable on a TT. We'll figure that out. But the things I can control is what needs to be done in the next couple of days. Get through the next couple of days and then eyes up, go again. So we are fired up. Got the result at Noosa, which is very exciting to nail that. I was, um, yeah, keen to share that. The numbers come in. Everything's working. The the scales are on the down. Yeah, alcohol-free for a month. Did switch off and have some alcohol at the surf club and the holidays. I'm not going to sit here and say I was sober the whole time. It was um, well-earned. And now, you know, the, the grog goes back on the shelf until until Busso. I still want to cover an episode which might be um, in two episodes' time. I might do the alcohol chat about how it changed my life and how it's something that moving forward it, it, it's going to have to be continued to be mitigated because, yeah, it's good stuff. I know I've said that for the last four or five episodes that I'm going to get to the alcohol episode, but it's coming thanks to our good friends at Capital Brewing. They're on board, but... Again, I've gone over time. This is way longer than I thought it was going to be. But again, recap, Noosa, absolutely amazing event. If you're looking for something to put on your calendar, it's in 12 months' time. Make a family trip of it. Queensland's a great destination. Get Noosa done. Kids Foundation, I'd strongly recommend following them on Instagram, supporting financially if you can. If not this year, next year, I'll be doing the exact same thing. I love the program. I love the Kids Foundation. I'll be helping them. Um, Paddy Mack, I swam with. I didn't cover that. The swim was great fun. Thank you, Paddy Mack. Race support was amazing. Write your anxieties down. Strategies, not anxieties. Come down, tapping. Write them out. Let's get it done. We go again. Now, the next episode is going to be done Sunday afternoon after my long run. I'll be buzzing on endorphins. Today, I'm buzzing on a long black. Sunday, I'll be buzzing on endorphins. I look forward to sharing that episode. The volume is going to go up. I think we've got, you know, 13 hours, 14 hours of training to get through before you see me on the next episode. So, Looking forward to it. Thank you for following, again, the support for YouTube, the support for the, the numbers on the um, podcast are insane. So thank you. Whether you're listening or watching, thank you. It, it's, like I said, it, I, I'm doing this for myself, It's but it's not easy to sit in front of the, the camera and the mic and do this each week. But hopefully, it took one it took one or two people to inspire me. Noosa was the event that made me start my um, pursuit to go on longer to go on further. Without Noosa, I wouldn't have done the Ironman. Hopefully, there's somebody listening that's listening to this and that fire start inside of them. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm here to fire you up. Let's go. Nobody's going to do it but you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on Sunday.